Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 40 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. One of the rarest situations in radio, My Little Margie actually started out as a television show, running from 1952 to 1955. It then moved to radio in a reversal of what usually happens, running concurrently with the same actors with parallel storylines as a TV show. Gail Storm starred as Margie, precocious daughter of Vern, played by Charles Farrell, who she lives with in New York City. Her boyfriend Freddie was played by Gil Stratton Jr., and neighbor Mrs. Odette's was played by Verna Felton. Vern's boss, Mr. Honeywell, was played by Will Wright. The Baby Snook Show ran on radio from 1944 to 1951, first starting out as a comedy sketch on vaudeville by Fanny Bryce in 1912. She'd hit the stage in a baby outfit, talked in a high baby voice, and built her entire act around the character. Once on radio, it became a situation comedy, and starred Bryce in the title role, with Hanley Stafford as her long-suffering father, Lancelot Daddy Higgins. Laleve Brownell and later Lois Corbett played Vera Mommy Higgins. Others in the cast were Danny Thomas as the postman, Jerry Dingle, Ben Alexander, Alan Reed, Iron Tedrow, and several others in supporting roles. The show ended on May 22, 1951. The last episode aired before Bryce's death two days later. Now sit back and enjoy the episode Dad's Birthday Party from My Little Margie and the episode Redecorating the House from the Baby Snook Show. Gail Storm and Charles Farrell, transcribed in Hollywood. Margie's father, Vern Albright, is an investment counselor with the Wall Street firm of Honeywell and Todd. It's a good job, but it isn't always peaches and cream. In fact, sometimes the cream gets a little sour. To show you what we mean, let's drop in on Vern, who has just been summoned to Mr. Honeywell's office. Uh, you sent for me, Mr. Honeywell? Uh, yes, Albright. An important client of ours is coming to town. You remember her, the wealthy widow, Mrs. Purvis? Oh, sure. Laryngitis Purvis. <laughs> Laryngitis? Why do you call her that? Because she's a pain in the neck. Oh, now, let's not be harsh on the woman. Just because she happens to be a little grouchy and ill-tempered and loud-mouthed and all the complaining, there's no reason to say that she's... You know, something, she is a pain in the neck. <laughs> now, listen, Albright, she doesn't get to New York too often. When she does, she likes to be taken around and shown the sights. Well, I'll be glad to show her the Hudson River from the bottom. That, although she probably would like to look at the waterfront. Okay, I'll take her for a long walk on a short tier. <laughs> All right. Mrs. Purvis is an important client. She inherited the entire state of Mr. Purvis. Oh, did he leave his wife much? Nearly every night. Oh, well, there he is. She's worth a fortune, and she's invested it with us, so you have to be nice to her. Oh, but what? I can't even stand to look at her. Well, the last time she was here, I took a sightseeing to that farm up in Westchester. When she stood in the cornfield, the birds took her for a scarecrow. Oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. She frightened the crows so much, they brought back the corn they had stolen three days before. <laughs> Mrs. Purvis does have to be entertained. And say, I know just the person to do it. Margie. 
Margie? Yeah, Margie would be the ideal person to take care of her while she's in town. So get her to do it. Now, immediately. Well, I'll try. Mrs. Purvis gets in at noon today. Have Margie pick her up at the wall walk and show her around. Okay, Mr. Honeywell. And remember, I don't want any slip-ups. I'm warning you. If Margie doesn't come through, I'm going to have you tarred and feathered, boiled in oil, drawn and quartered, kicked, punched, and beaten. And then I'm going to get mad. <laughs> What's up? You sounded upset on the phone. Mrs. Odette, Freddy, a terrible thing happened. I woke up this morning and suddenly realized that tomorrow is Dad's birthday. What am I going to do? Go back to sleep again. <laughs> How could I have forgotten such an important date as Dad's birthday? I haven't even prepared for it. You're getting absent-minded, Margie. You know, people tie strings around their fingers to help them remember. Yes, and some people tie a rope around their neck to help them forget. <laughs> well, that's what I feel like doing. Mrs. Odette, Freddy, I've only got one day to get ready. Now, you've got to help me plan a surprise party for Dad and buy him a present and invite people and prepare refreshments and all the other hundreds of things that have to be done. Don't worry, Margie. We'll pitch in. Thank you. I feel better already. Oh, boy, a surprise party. We'll play games and everything. Oh, yeah. Listen, I don't want to play spin the bottle. Why not? I keep falling off. <laughs> oh, and, and Freddie, while we're dining, don't jab your fork all over the table. Suppose I want something. Well, if you see something out of reach, you have a tongue. Yeah, but there's no prongs on it. <laughs> Margie, are you sure the party will be a surprise to your father? Well, I'm pretty sure it will be. Dad's just as forgetful about his birthday as I am. I'll bet the date slipped his mind completely. No wonder it slipped his mind. He uses too much grease on his hair. <laughs> Buster, and we'll play pin the tail on the goat. <laughs> and you know who the donkey will be. <laughs> now, as I said, I'm sure Dad's forgotten about his birthday, but just to play it safe, not a peep about this to him or it'll spoil a surprise. You hear that, Betty? Don't you peep one little peep or I'll pop you. <laughs> Well, come on, let's get downtown. There's so little time. I couldn't possibly spare a second for anything else in the world besides Dad's party. Hello, Margie. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hi Mr. Albright. Hey, Dad, what are you doing home so early in the day? Oh, something important has come up. You remember my client, Mrs. Purvis? Mm -hmm. Well, I want you to spend all day today entertaining her. But, but Dad, I can't. I have a previous appointment. Uh, what appointment? Uh... I'm taking her to my uncle's fish market. Fish market? For what purpose? Oh, he doesn't sell purpose, just halibut. <laughs> Margie, why are you going to a fish market? He told you, that's for the halibut. <laughs> believe that? Yeah. You think it's fishy? <laughs> My
Margie, I don't understand what's behind all this. But I, I don't like your attitude. You're leading me around by the nose. Aren't you glad? That way you won't have to smell the fish. <laughs> Margie, I don't get it. Why are you acting this way, Paul? What purpose? No purpose, just halibut. <laughs> Margie. Margie, I'm warning you. I want you to pick up Mrs. Purvis at the Waldorf at noon and spend the day with her. Well, I'll try. Maybe. He doesn't know that she can't spare the time. Margie needs every minute to prepare a surprise party for his birthday. We find her now downtown with Freddie and Mrs. Odette. It's long past the time she was due to meet Mrs. Purvis at the hotel. Margie, I'm worried for you. You didn't keep the appointment with your father's client. Well, it couldn't be helped. I had too much shopping to do. Just picking out that birthday cake and candles took two hours. Oh, I love birthday cakes and candles. On my next birthday, I'm going to have 30 candles on my cake. 30? <laughs> what are you going to do, burn the candles at both ends? <laughs> present for your father. It's getting late. Yeah, but what? Hey, here's a furniture store. I'll bet Dad would like a new easy chair. Hey, that's a good idea. Come on, let's go in. Oh, uh, a clerk? Yes, may I help you? <laughs> Do you carry easy chairs? You no, know, I'm having enough trouble dragging myself around. <laughs> I meant, do you have them to sell? Oh, yes, indeed. Easy chairs on easy papers. Now, here's a lovely chair. It's a Louis XIV. No, I want a larger one. Let me see a Louis XVI. <laughs> Peasant. <laughs> oh, I have just the thing. Look, this is a convertible chair. At the touch of a button, it lays back and becomes a bed. A convertible chair. See, that's a marvelous idea. I'll bet my father would love something like that. How does it work? Oh, it's very simple. It works on electricity. Oh, that's what I should have given my third husband, Nouveau, an electric chair. <laughs> Why didn't you? The state beat me to it. <laughs> Well, it's not that kind of a chair. Uh, here's the control panel under the arm. These buttons raise it, lower it, and swivel it around. Boy, I'm going to try that. Let's see. I sit down on it like this, and I press this button. Yeah. Now you're lying in a bed. Well, don't just stand there. Kiss me goodnight. <laughs> press the other button, Freddy. Okay. Now bring it up to a sitting position. But be careful, don't bring it up too fast. It's got a very springy action to it. Ah, don't worry, I like springy things. Here goes. Ow! <laughs> Freddy, come down from that chandelier. <laughs> oh, maybe you there. He looks so natural. <laughs> hey, now then, about this chair, Miss... Uh, Miss... Uh... Albright... Yes, I think my father would be delighted with a chair like this. Uh, here's my card. Would you deliver it tomorrow evening? I'd be glad to. Thank you. Come on, Mrs. Odette, let's go. Oh, uh, uh, just a moment. Uh, what do you want me to do about the boyfriend hanging up there? 
Oh, just throw him a banana every two hours and he'll be quiet. Mrs. Purvis, please, let me explain. There's no need to. I understand perfectly the idea of keeping me waiting. It's a shame. What a beautiful day, and I waited and waited, but nobody showed up. I'm mad. Oh, please, Mrs. Purvis, let me tell you what happened. Don't bother. It'll do no good. I'm canceling my accounts. You're all so hateful. You promised I'd be entertained. I don't get here often, you know. There's so many things I want to see. Broadway shows, bargain basement. You go to bargain basement, I do. Don't you dare criticize. I never suspected you'd treat me this way. I expected somebody'd be there. I just granted. Some things go without saying. Yeah, but not you. <laughs> All right, you are a lunkhead. A stupid, moronic, subnormal lunkhead. Now clean out your desk and... and... Hello. Mr. Honeywell, this is Margie. What do you want? I'd like to invite you to Dad's birthday party tomorrow. What? It's a surprise. I've been working on it all day getting ready. I'm still not through. And you should see the wonderful gift I picked out for him. I see. Please don't tell Dad. It'll spoil the surprise. And I do want him to have a good time. I understand. You'll be here, won't you? The party wouldn't be complete without you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Uh, thank you for calling. And goodbye. <laughs> all right. Do you know who that was? No. Who? Your daughter, Margie. Margie? Yeah. What did she want? Well, she asked me not to tell you, but in view of the circumstances, I will. She's giving you a surprise party tomorrow on your birthday. A surprise party? Yes. Oh, say, that's right. Tomorrow is my birthday. I forgot all about it. Oh, isn't that wonderful? A daughter giving her father a birthday party. Oh, it's so, so heartwarming. Yes, that's what I thought. All right, I'm, I'm so ashamed... Oh, me too. I'm sorry I bawled you out. <laughs> I was concerned about it, a trivial thing like a client. And here she was doing to do wonderful things. Showing a great capacity for my love. Father, love. I don't have any children, but I can appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you mean. 
Well, I hate to do it, but for the sake of appearance, I I better go home and ball the heck out of her. Well, all right, I better go along with you and help you in case you begin to fall her. <laughs>
terrible of your father to say things like that to you. No wonder you called off the party. Freddie, I've never seen him that cruel in my life. He's gotten so mean, I'll bet if I cut my finger, he'd cry over it just so he could get salt in the wound. <laughs> yes, sir, that man has certainly changed. Hi, Margie. Oh, how's the sweetest, dearest, most wonderful little daughter a man ever had? Whoops, he's changed again. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Can I get you something, baby? A sandwich, a glass of milk, an apple? He's flipped. <laughs> Can I get you something? A glass of water? A straight jacket? <laughs> Margie, I'm sorry I lost my temper. Why, why, you mean so much to me. You're my treasure, my jewel, the only thing I have to live for. Am I really, Dad? Oh, of course you are. And you know what I am? I'm just an old fool. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. You're not so old. <laughs> oh, Margie, that, that silly client of mine wasn't important, but you are. You're a fine daughter. One in a million, and I'm proud of you. You mean everything to me. You mean everything to me, too, Dad. The orchestra will now play Hearts and Flowers, accompanied by Mademoiselle Freddy on the glockenspiel. Quiet, Freddy. Dad, your new attitude made me reconsider something. I guess you're a pretty nice guy after all, and... Well, I've changed my mind about something. You have? Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, never mind. But you'll like it. Ah, whatever it is, I'm glad. <laughs> you know, we have to make the most of the time we have left together. I may not be around too much longer. What do you mean, Dad? Well, I'm getting on in years. I'm beginning to feel my age, you know, the... The old ticker, it isn't what it should be. It, it may not be too long, Margie. Oh, Dad. Yep, one never knows. A shock, a disappointment. Uh, Dad, I've changed my mind again. Uh, what do you mean? I might as well tell you, I, I was going to give you a birthday party tomorrow, but I'm calling it off again. Oh, why? Oh, in your condition, the excitement might kill you. <laughs> oh, no! to give me that party after all. Oh, me too, Dad. Gosh, everybody's arriving. The crowd from the office, my sorority, and look, here come some of your friends from the club. Oh, boy, I can hardly wait to get started. Marcus, the man from the furniture store just brought that chair in for your father. Chair? My present to you, Dad. Look, there it is. Wow, it's a, oh, it's a beauty. Oh, thanks, Margie. I, I'm going to try it out. Uh, but, Dad, wait a later. No, I want to do it before the party begins. Now, quiet, everybody. I, I'm going to test this chair. Now, let's see. I, I sit in it like this, and then I push this button to lower it. Uh, careful, Dad. It's tricky. Uh, nonsense. Here goes.
Starring Fanny Bryce as Baby Snooks with Hanley Stafford as Daddy, Carmen Dragon and his orchestra, and yours truly, Harlow Wilcox. And now to Sycamore Terrace. The Higginses have decided to redecorate their home. Toward this end, Mummy has enrolled in an interior decorating class. While Daddy, with a more realistic approach to the problem, is down in the cellar building himself a piece of furniture that he's always wanted. Daddy! Snooks, please don't bother me right now. Why? Because I'm trying to finish this before your mother gets home. What is it? What is it? Or what does it look like? A bookcase? No. A banana? No, it's a desk. Oh. And the kind of desk I've always wanted. A man-sized desk with a lot of room to keep things in. I want to help you build it. No. <laughs> I want to help you build it. <laughs> it's all finished. All I have to do now is carry it upstairs. Uh, just look at it. Isn't she a beauty? <laughs> yeah. If I were to try to buy this in a downtown store, it'd cost a couple of hundred dollars. And you know what they'd call it? A bouquet? No. A banana? Now stop being silly. They call it an antique. What's an antique? An antique is a very old piece of furniture. Like that chair we have in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's a real antique. How can you tell? Oh, it's very simple. Have you ever noticed the little wormholes in it? Mm-hmm. Well, they were made by worms. In an imitation, the wormholes wouldn't be made by worms. They'd be made by men. Then they wouldn't be wormholes. What would they be? Manholes. Oh, Snooks. Have you got wormholes in this one? In this desk here? No. Pigeonholes. Ha! <laughs> what are you yelling about? You scared me. <laughs> what do you know about humor? Or about furniture? I know a lot about furniture. Me and Phoebe, we decorated our whole clubhouse. All by ourselves. Your clubhouse? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Who's in your club? Me and Phoebe. What do you call yourselves? Snooks and Phoebe. Well, that's a fine name for a club. Oh, that ain't the name of the club. We got a wonderful name. Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. What is it? No dumping. <laughs> no dumping? Yeah. It was the only time we could find. Oh, swell. Well, run along and get yourself an appropriate sign. Something like, don't feed the animals. And now leave me alone. 
Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to carry this desk upstairs. Mm-hmm. I want to set it in the living room and surprise your mother when she gets home. Well, let me help you carry it. That's all I need. It's too heavy for you, little daddy. I'll manage. Mm-hmm. If you want to do something, guide me upstairs while I've got it on my back. All right. Now, let's see if I can lift it. <gasps> oh, there. Boy, this is heavier than I thought. But it's comfortable. What do you mean, comfortable? Snooks, where are you? Sitting on the desk. <laughs> Get down off there. All right. <laughs> is it still too heavy, Daddy? No, I, I can manage easily. What's the matter with you, Snooks? What are you standing on now? Nothing. Then why do you seem to be growing taller? Because you're sinking to your knees. <laughs> oh. Well, come on. I'll make it all right. Just guide me and make sure I don't bump into anything. All right, Daddy. Now. This way, Daddy. Fine. Am I going to clear the wall on the right side of the door? Yes. Am I going to clear the wall on the left side of the door? Uh-huh. Good. Here we go. Ow! What happened? The door was closed. <laughs> well, open it, you nincompoop. What's a nincompoop? Never mind. Is it anything like income tax? For Pete's sake, I've got a desk on my shoulders. Open the door. Well, here you are, Daddy. Now, lead me to the living room. Now, give me your little hand. I can't give you my hand. I'm using it. Well, just go straight ahead, Daddy. <coughs> Daddy, can I have your other old desk for our clubhouse? No. You're not going to use it. I'm going to sell it. Every penny helps when you're redecorating a home. Well, every penny helps when you're redecorating a clubhouse. And all I got... Forget it! Forget about it. Where am I, anyway? Out on the porch, Daddy. Oh, Pete's sake. Why did you let me walk all the way through the living room? I don't know. I just got so interested in the conversation. Oh. <laughs> you just wait till I get this desk down. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to wail the daylight out of you. Goodbye, Daddy. Where are you going? To my clubhouse. And you can't get in there without the password. Oh, for goodness sake, what a child. Phew. Uh, uh, thank heavens I got this off my shoulders. Lancelot, what's all the racket? What's going on? Hello, Vera. How do you like it? How do I like what? This desk. Built it myself. If you were to go to a downtown furniture store... Lancelot Higgins, you're not going to put this monstrosity in the living room, are you? Monstrosity? I like that. I spent two weeks building a fine piece of furniture. Lancelot, it's hideous. It doesn't fit in at all with the decor I planned. Decor nightcore. Let me tell you something. If we're going to redecorate this house... I'm going to have a desk I can call my own. You already have a desk you call your own. Well, this one will have a lock on it. And it won't serve as a hideaway for old recipes, dress patterns, and used emery boards. Every time I reach into that desk, my hand comes up with half a dozen knitting needles stuck in it. Oh, don't be silly. You'll have a desk and a fine one. I wouldn't even let Mr. Zimmel see this horror. Mr. Zimmel? Who's Mr. Zimmel? Mr. Lester Q. Zimmel. He's a teacher of our class and a world-famous authority on interior decoration. And, Lancelot, I have wonderful news for you. He's going to do our house. Uh, Vera, I refuse to pay some guy a small fortune. Oh, Lancelot, you don't understand. He's doing it for nothing. 
Nothing. Yes, he took a liking to me. It won't cost a cent except for the furniture, and he's getting that wholesale. But, Vera, look... You mustn't breathe a word of this to anyone. If the other women in the class know what he's doing for me, they'd die of jealousy. Well, what about my desk? Please, darling, forget that eyesore. Mrs. Zimmer wants to do the house in early American. You know what that means, don't you? Yes, I do. It means I'll wind up paying a small fortune for a desk that Priscilla wouldn't let John Alden keep in the house because it wasn't French provincial. stuff you're carrying? A chair and lamp, a pillar. My mommy gave it to me for our clubhouse. Well, that, uh-huh. la- that, <laughs> that lamp won't do you much good. The cord is broken. Oh, that's all right. We ain't got any electricity. <laughs> well, how'd your mother happen to give you all these things? Well, she's doing the house over. And we got an interior decorator. Well, that's a coincidence. We're doing our house over, too. <laughs> hey, Snooks. Can I come over and visit your clubhouse when it's finished? Not unless you know the password. Well, what is the password? I promise you won't tell anybody. Promise. Word of honor. Word of honor. Cross your heart. Cross Hope my to heart. die. Cross my heart. Sorry. I'm not allowed to tell you. <laughs> Annoy Mr. Zimmel. He's trying to concentrate. Merci. Now, in this corner... Oh, before uh, you plan for that corner, Mr. Zimmel, I'd like to suggest a big easy chair for my husband. Eh, uh, Maurice? No, Lancelot. <laughs> no, I asked you to keep quiet. Oh, mais no, madame. Always let the child talk. The great ideas sometimes come from the tiny brain. Now back to this room. Ah, I have the great idea. From the tiny brain? No. <laughs> Listen to this. I take this sofa and put it where the high boy is. Then I take the high boy and put it where the chair is. Then I take the chair and put it where the piano is. The piano and put it where the table is. The table and put it where the lamp is. The lamp and put it where the bookcase is. Then I put the bookcase where the sofa is. What do you think of that? He thinks. <laughs> Dear. Snooks, you better run along. Let the child talk, Mommy. Sometimes the great idea. Never mind that. Now, you get out of here or the large hand will fall on the tiny seat. All right. Can I take the ashtray to my clubhouse? Now, don't be ridiculous. What do you want with an ashtray? A jelly bean. All right. Take it and go. You've been having a field day today in this house. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Zimmer. Oh, what? Mm, a lovely child. Now we get back to work. Hmm? You will notice that the wallpaper I have ordered neutralizes the color of the fingerprints on the woodwork. You're so clever, Mrs. Zimmel. Uh, oh, Lancelot. Hello, Vera. Uh, dear, I'd like you to meet Mr. Lester Q. Zimmel. Ah, hello. I've been hearing a lot about you lately. Charmed, Mr. Higgins. We were just discussing your living room. Listen to what I am going to do. I take the sofa and put it where the high boy is. Then I take the high boy and put it where the chair is. I'll tell I... him later, Mrs. Zimmel. Yes. Then I take the chair and put it where the piano is. The piano and put it where the table is. Uh, Mr. Zimmel, you were going to look at the bedroom, remember? Yes. The table and put it where the lamp is. The lamp and put it where the book is. 
Onze bedroom. Ah, yes, I must look at the bedroom. Pardonnez-moi. What a schmo. <laughs> well, he may seem rather strange personally, but wait, you see the things he does. I'm dying to. By the way, what are you doing home so early? I just dropped by to pick up an important contract. Left it in the desk drawer. Which desk? My new one, the one I built. I'll just grab the papers and run. Oh, dear. Oh, what's the matter? Well, I told you I wasn't keeping that thing. I didn't even want Mr. Zimmel to see it. What did you do with it? I gave it to Snooks and Phoebe for their clubhouse. Oh, great. Where is this clubhouse? It's in that vacant lot on the next block. Vera, you and I will discuss this later. Right now, i got to get that contract before I lose my job. <laughs> Where is it? What? That desk I built. Mommy says she gave it to you. Oh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't fit in our clubhouse, so we sold it. You sold it? Yeah. Oh. For charity. We got $2 for it, and we used, used the money for very hungry children. What hungry children? Me and Phoebe. <laughs> I thought so. Do you want some ice cream, Daddy? Phoebe got sick. Oh, stop that. Well, we got to find that desk. I left an important contract in it. Who did you sell it to? A junk man. Well, which junk man? What's his name? I don't know, but he's got a brother. A brother? Yeah. He said he wouldn't give his old brother more than $2 for it. <laughs> well, come on. We're going to find that desk if we have to track down every junk dealer in town. Well, how do I get out of here? What's the password? Now, you stop that. Open this door. Is that the man, Snooks? Yeah, I recognize him by his nose. Well, that's last. Come on. Ah, hello, little Kyle. Hello, mister. How's your brother? Oh, quiet, you. I want to know how his brother Never mind his brother. Ah, <laughs> listen, bud. Where's that desk you swindled my daughter out of? Oh, that one. I sold it to a second-hand furniture store. Got 25 bucks for it. Oh, you did? You pay a little girl $2 and you get 25. How can you afford it? I make it up on the volume. Well, be good enough to tell me what furniture store you sold it to. Sure. White Hours, right down the street. Thank you. Come on, sir. Yes, we had that desk, but we sold it. You sold it? To whom? To a dealer on the other side of town. He said it was just what he was looking for. Paid us 75 bucks for it. How can you afford it? Oh, you keep still. Come on. Oh, why, yes, we no sooner got that desk in than we sold it for $200. Uh, as a matter of fact... Our man is out delivering it now. Uh, could you give me the name of the party it's being delivered to? Oh. I left something important in one of the drawers. Well, I, uh, I, I don't have that information offhand. 
Uh, but I'll get it from the driver as soon as he returns and, and uh, telephone you. Good. I'll wait to hear from you. Come along, Snokes. Voila! I will hold the wallpaper against the wall, Mrs. Ziggy. There. How do you like the effect? Oh, it's beautiful, Mrs. Zimmel. <laughs> I, I think these 30 rolls will be sufficient for this room and the other 20 for the bedroom. My wallpaper man will be here tomorrow and put it up. Oh, there's my family. Hi, Mommy. Hello, Vera. Did you find that contract, dear? Well, I checked it down anyway. They're going to phone me in a few minutes. People from all over town. We'll run into the kitchen, Snooks. Your milk's been standing there for an hour. All right. Lancelot. Mr. Zimmel has the most wonderful surprise for you. Oui, oui. Well, I can stand one after what I've been through. What is it? He found the most perfect desk for your study. Oui, an authentic oui. early American from the Miles Standish period. Oui, 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 oui. See, she is still in the wrapping. Mr. Zimmel wanted you to have the pleasure of opening it yourself. Go ahead, dear. Well, gosh, this is a surprise. I absolutely stole it. She cost me only $300. Well, it really ought to be. Hey. What kind of a joke is this? What do you mean? This is the desk I built. Oh, Lancelot, please, don't be ridiculous. C'est impossible. This desk was built by Miles Standish himself. See, under this drawer, M.S. Miles Standish. Miles Standish, my foot. That stands for maple syrup. <laughs> I built it out of a packing case. <laughs> he makes a joke. <laughs> I'll make a joke right on the end of your nose, you faker. Lancelot! How dare you insult Mr. Zimmel? I'll show you how dare I. Look in this bottom drawer. There. Did Miles Standish write this contract for Weemish Varnish? Oh, dear. Did Miles Standish sign it Lancelot Higgins? Or maybe he got John Alden to do it for him. Well, anybody can make a mistake. Not when it cost me $300. Je ne comprends. She, she is most confusing. Ah, go on. Get out of here, you fake. And take that phony French accent with you. Phony? That's what I said. I got a good mind to buff you right in the kisser. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Says who? Says me. You and what regiment of Marines? This one. Stole oh, me, Snod! Help! Leave me out of here! Well, there you are, Vera. There's your world-famous interior decorator. You can thank me for showing him up. Lancelot Higgins, don't you ever speak to me again. But, Vera, the guys are phony. Why, you, you big bully, how can I ever face the members of my class? All he did was make one little mistake, and you punched him. I've never been so humiliated at all. Well, that's feminine logic for you. What's the matter, Daddy? There's just no figuring out women. We are funny, ain't we? You can say that again. We are funny, Never mind, never mind. <laughs> Listen, I've got an idea. You know something? What? There must be at least 50 rolls of wallpaper lying around here. Snooks, you and I are going to paper the walls ourselves. Oh, boy. We'll show her you don't need a French accent to decorate a house. Uh, get that, Snooks. Hello? Yes? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'll tell them. Who was it? It was that furniture store. They found out who bought the desk. And his name is Lancelot Higgins, and he... Oh, that... for Pete's sake, come on.
Now, back to the Higgins home. Well, all is confusion, paper, and paste, as Snooks and Daddy, in an attempt to show Mummy what they can do, are busily papering the bedroom. Snooks, where are my glasses? I set them on this ladder just a minute ago. They fell off. Well, find them and step on it. I can't. You're stepping on them. Oh, great. A $20 pair of glasses broken. Now, how am I going to finish this wallpaper job? I'll help you, Daddy. Oh, a fine combination. Me with my subnormal vision and you with your subnormal intellect. What's an intellect? Don't concern yourself. You'll never be bothered with one. <laughs> now, pay attention and you might learn something. About what? About putting up wallpaper. I'm an old hand at this. Mm-hmm. Now, to paste wallpaper properly, what's the first thing you need? A wall. <laughs> no. Paste. What kind of a silly answer is that? Well, don't you need a wall? Of course you need a wall. You can't just paste wallpaper on nothing. Why? Because you can't. Whoever heard of a wallpaper standing by itself in the middle of the room? That's where it is now. <laughs> Snooks, are you going to help me or are you going to stand there making broken down jokes? I'm going to help you. Very well. I've already papered three walls, leaving exactly one wall to be finished. Now... I select a piece of paper, so, mm -hmm. I dip the brush in the can of paste, so, and I slop the paste over the wall, so. <laughs> What's the matter? You slopped it all over my face. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't see very well without my glasses. My face is all sticky. Well, wipe it off with a piece of paper. <laughs> all right. Take that off. All right. Now, how do I look now? Put it back on. <laughs> no, no, give it to me. I gotta have it for the wall. There. Is it on straight? Mm-hmm. Interesting design, don't you think? Yeah, what is it? Oh, it's a sort of a mural depicting the evolution of man. Where's the man? He isn't up yet. What time does he get up? <laughs> no, silly. I meant I haven't put him on the wall yet. Oh. What you see here are groups of prehistoric fish. Mm -hmm. Millions of years ago, man started his life as a fish. Did you start as a fish? Yes. When did you stop being a fish? I never stopped being a fish. That's why I'm married and I'm hanging wallpaper with you. Now, come on. Direct me while I'm on top of this ladder. I can't see without my glasses. Is the paper straight? Mm. Push it that way further. Here? Further. Here? Further. Here? No! Too far. Oh, what happened? Everything's gone black. Well, take the bucket off your head. No. Snooks, the only thing saving you from a spanking right now is the fact that my glasses are broken and I got glue in my eyes. Are you finished hanging the paper? Yes. I'll take a look around. Have I got everything covered? Mm-hmm. Everything's covered. Oh, good. I'd like to see a professional do a better job than this. Oh, never. Go answer the phone, Snoop. I can't. What do you mean you can't? Open the door. What door? The door to the hall. 
I don't see any door. No door? No door, no door. Oh, good heavens. You didn't let me paper over that whole door, did you? Well, did you? Didn't I? I've completely lost my sense of direction. Which wall is the door on? I don't know, Daddy. All the walls look alike. Well, uh, don't you see any bumps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Well, rip off the paper. All right. Now what do you see? Uncle Louie. <laughs> He's hanging on the wall. Oh, that's just a picture. But wait. It does give us a clue. Now, if Uncle Louie's picture's there... The door should be somewhere about here. Let's feel along the wall. I'm feeling. Ah, this must be it. I can tell by the woodwork. You push it open, Daddy. Mm, it's stuck. Push harder. Okay, here goes. Oh! Daddy! Daddy! That was the window! Yes, Mr. Weemish. I located that contract. Well, I was going to bring it to you in the morning, but if you need it now, I'll pop right over. Yes, sir. Goodbye. Now, let's see. Where's that contract? I had it around here just a few minutes ago. It's up in the bedroom, Daddy. Well, where in the bedroom? Under the wallpaper. Under the wallpaper? Yeah, under the wallpaper. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Do you mean to say you let me paste that document on the wall? Yep. Well, why didn't you tell me? You didn't ask me. <laughs> Come here, Snooks. I've got a final bit of pasting to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, leave it to Snooks, the unpredictable. What a wonderful little surprise package she is. Next week, she'll be back with us in another one of her amazing adventures. Be sure to listen. This program has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 